This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys on Dubai Eye 103.8. Helen Farmer with you, your chance to hear from the experts, the insiders and the industry, get some great recipe ideas and of course share your questions as well as we talk all things food. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Fantastic to have you with us on this Thursday afternoon. I'm Helen Farmer here for another live Farmer's Kitchen brought to you by Spinney's. Our food is being taken care of this afternoon by someone very special. Indeed, and he's joining me now. Chef Orish is joining us. He is here from 21 Grams, that Balkan Bistro. And you are from Serbia, Chef. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I grew up in Serbia uh, and started pretty much cooking since I was... Six or seven. What? Together with my grandma uh, when she was preparing for some kind of parties, birthdays, celebrations. I just got hooked on small canapes. and You were the uh, sous chef? Yeah, always. I mean, <laughs> I'm just chopping and peeling. And what, tell us a little bit about Serbian cuisine. What, what do you, we're making sama today. We're going to find out a little bit more about that soon. But what do you think Serbian Balkan food is, is kind of known for, the flavors, the characteristics? So it's a very... Um, it's more of a comfort food. It's very uh, rich in flavor. It has a lot of um, hearty dishes in it. So it's, it's very, very, very comforting for, for everyone who, uh, who experiences it. It's not too much of a healthy side, but it can be made, and we really are trying to uh, improve on that. It's, over, it's overrated, the healthy side, I think. <laughs> Tell us about some of the dishes then that you were making with your grandmother growing up. So we did a lot of uh, canapes, like I said, but, you know, old school style like uh, quiche Lorenz and uh, pies she was making while she was a very young girl. So I did some of that, but again, I enjoyed uh, making stews with with her as well to just develop a a flavor through many hours in one pot. That was a very fascinating thing. We're going to be talking about what we're making next. It's summer. I've never eaten it. Um, we're going to be learning some of the tips on how to make it and I'm hopefully going to have a taste later on in a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Our, our Masterclass participants are here. They're ready to learn when we come back what exactly is Sama and what is on the menu at 21 Grams. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. What do you call a chicken that haunts your house? A poultry geist. <laughs> Dill saying, where do ghosts buy their food? The ghostery straw. Very good, Susan. <laughs> Why was Cinderella bad at football? Because she had a pumpkin for a coach. Classic. <laughs> Chef likes that one, Susan. This is a good sign. Uh, Amma, favorite ghost dessert? Ice cream? Very good indeed. You guys are smashing it already. Chef Orish is with us me this afternoon. He's going to be uh, picking his favourite jokes during the course of the afternoon. Can you make him smile? The smiling Serbian chef with us teaching us how to make. What are we making this afternoon? So we're making sarma. Sarma is a sour cabbage uh, roll with uh, minced beef and mm-hmm. rice inside. So it's a very similar to dolma mm-hmm. that we know from Arabic and Turkish cuisine. This one is just uh, made with... Uh, fermented actually cabbage which has much more nutrients and usually it's made for uh, holiday season and celebrations. I'm excited. I like a bit of fermented food. We know more about that kind of healthy gut, healthy mind connection. We should, should be all having 
having more fermented. It sounds delicious, actually. Really excited. What, it is. Um, our, our stations are laid out. Our MasterChef participants are going to be joining you very soon. Um, is this on the menu at 21 grams? Of course, yeah. Uh, since the beginning, this is one of our signature dishes and it will stay like that for a very long time. I like it. It's said with absolute determination. Now, you met uh, founder Stasha in your native Serbia when she was talking to you about coming over. Had you thought about living in Dubai before you met her? Never in my mind. I even had some uh, questions about it. Should I come? But I was actually on a sick leave from my cruise, um, my cruise ship. Uh, I broke a leg, oh. actually, and I couldn't go to the, my next uh, season. Uh -huh. So in that period, while I was recovering, Stasha uh, found out about me and asked me if I would join Dubai <laughs> to uh, make Balkan cuisine popular, pretty much. So I came to Dubai still on my... still. Um, not recovered, actually. You're on crutches still? Uh, almost. <laughs> I, I went on crutches just to the airport, and then... <laughs> then it can be quite good, that priority. Put, them in, put you in a wheelchair, get <laughs> off early. Like, I like it. So she basically realized that this, now was the time for you to come over. You, you couldn't get back to that next gig. And she, you had a mutual connection. She'd obviously heard what a good chef you were. What was it like arriving in Dubai? Did you have any expectations? I had a, I had a lot of expectations, uh, to be honest, but I never could have suspected the, the sheer magnitude of this market, mm -hmm. especially hospitality market, and uh, how many restaurants there is, and how many different cuisines there, there are here. But it's, it's a very good a place to promote some new cuisine like Balkan so uh, people can recognize it and share all over the world. Well, we, we, I mean, we should give recognition to you for really kind of spearheading that. You and Sasha really communicating this food in a way that no other eatery is or menu is in the city. And huge congratulations. Not only is it your 30th birthday in a few <laughs> days, but uh, next Thank week, you. what are you going to be opening? So next week, uh, weekend actually, we're opening... Uh, outlet at Time Out Market. Congratulations. So, thank you so much. It is a huge vote of confidence and recognition. It is. It's an international thing and we are really proud to be a part of it. The way that these restaurants are chosen is so clever. Sandy and the team putting together and really curating the best of a city. So whether it's for us as Dubai residents to go and eat some of our favorites in one place, which is one of my favorite things to do, and I'll get this from here and my kids will get that from there and my husband will get his favorite all for visitors to Dubai and them truly getting an understanding of what our food scene is like internationally and and kind of the, the local flavors as well. Um, we're going to be talking later to you and Sasha about what we can expect from the new eatery. And we've got some big news on a new location for 21 Grams as well. It is all happening. Um, at the same time. At the same time <laughs> and your birthday. Chef Orish is this afternoon. How do I say see you later in Serbian? Uh, vidimose. Vidimose? Yes, okay. very good. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> Maybe I'm better at serving than I was at Portuguese yesterday. That was not a highlight on the radio. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. It is all about food this afternoon, making it, enjoying it, eating out. And uh, I'm loving your jokes. I'm not going to lie. Your favourite spooky jokes. Halloween is just around the corner. Um, extra points for them being food-related, by the way. So, Afia, you're doing well here. What kind of food would you find on a haunted beach? A sandwich. 
excellent. Uh, what does a skeleton chef say when he serves you a meal? Bon appetit. Thank you, Donna. <laughs> Joined by chef instructor Michelle with us now from ICCA. Uh, she's been on hand getting our, getting our MasterChef participants ready with their hats on. They've been told how to carry knives effectively. Michelle? I was impressed. I learned I learned a few things there. <laughs> Didn't know you could adjust a chef's hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, never, never catch a falling knife. Absolutely. <laughs> oh. And uh, whenever you touch your hair or anything like that, uh, wash your hands. You know. This is this is you all all good information. <laughs> How long you. have you been at ICCA for? Um, yeah, the couple of um, yeah, say two, four, four months. Yeah, say oh, four months. Knew. I actually forgot. <laughs> Forgot how long I've been here. And um, and how's it going? It's really good. Um, actually, it's like uh, my second home. I would say um, it feels like normal. You know, that's it, lovely. Yeah, like I've never like like I've always been here. So your role is chef instructor. What exactly does that mean? What are you doing on a day to day basis? Day to day basis, I'm just making sure uh, that all my information that I've picked up in the past 14 years of my career uh, here in Abu, uh, in Dubai and Abu Dhabi have done, um, but also back home uh, so 20 years experience uh, all around making sure that all my experience that I've learned I carry it over to the next uh, ships You're generation pay, paying it forward yes paying it forward tell us a little bit about your own career there you said 20 years from from your native country back to here as well when why did you decide to work with food Oh, wow. That was a long time ago. I decided, uh, since a small, small uh, girl, I just thought, okay, I'm going to be a chef. So I made believe that uh, the the camera is in front of me and I'm like making my little bit of food. Who were you, who were you pretending to be as a child? I, I didn't have a favorite person, but I just thought that it is the bomb, you know, to be that personality, knowing how to make food. And uh, my mom usually uh, let me cook. For, with her, like baking, baking mm. mostly, uh, but I enjoyed it so much that, uh, yeah, it just became my new thing. Yeah. It's a bit like being on a TV show here for our participants because everything's chopped and prepared. They've got these lovely little glass bowls, things go in. You haven't, you're, not yes. in you're not in the back kitchen being your commie, you know, <laughs> chopping veggies and peeling potatoes. No, no, no. <laughs> Where did you get your start in a professional kitchen? Um, well, it was uh, back in South Africa, studying while I'm working, um, Proteo Hotels. Uh, now it's uh, Marriott Hotels. Um, and then I just decided, coming to Dubai. Uh, you know, the middle, the hub, everyone is coming, right? So I just started uh, coming in, in here and international exposure and all that and got everything that I needed, all the information, yeah. Tell us about training because I know a big part of what you do here is not just passing on the theoretical side and the, the knife skills, but also a lot of the students at ICCA go on to do these very practical placements. They get a taste of the heat of the kitchen. What was it like for you working in a professional kitchen um, as a woman and you know, new to the country as well? Um, as a woman, uh, especially they say that, uh, yes, it's a male-dominated. It is not. It's really what you make of it. Mm. Uh, if you have that passion, it uh, doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man, uh, you can make it happen for yourself. So whatever you want, uh, you get it. And everyone needs to prove themselves. Absolutely. In, absolutely. In, in, and I think that's... When I've spoken to chefs before who are, you know, exec chefs at big hotel groups, and I've said, you know, what do you look for in talent? What do you look for when, you know, you've gone through life having mentors, now you're the mentor, you get to pick your crew, how do you decide? And then I often think it's not about skills, it's about attitude, it's about 
Yes. Are you willing to learn, put your ego aside, be yes. there and put in the hard yards? Yes, absolutely. Hard work. Um, no one, like Rome was not built in a day. So you can't expect just to go to a school, pick up the knife and learn how to use it, but not practicing it. Mm-hmm. So you as a chef, if you want to really build yourself, build your career and be the best you can be, uh, it's not about just innovation, but it's all about uh, what you put in. Dedication. Dedication, absolutely. Tell us a little bit about some of your favorite dishes to make at home now, now that you're not working in hospitality. Do you still kind of, you know, get a bit fancy in the kitchen? Fancy in the kitchen, no. At home, it's like uh, South African dishes. But over here uh, at ICCA, of course, I do chicken cacciatore and all that. So today we had some uh, nice exams and the students really (laughs) did very well. Spoken like a true instructor. It's really nice exams. What What does an exam look like when you're training to be a chef? Are you there tasting and watching? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have to check uh, HACCP. Of course, HACCP standards needs to be followed. What does that mean? Um, HACCP is um, hazardous critical control point. Okay. Uh, that is uh, to make sure that there is no bacteria growing. And if you are touching raw food, you do not want to mix it with anything that's edible at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so especially chicken, you know, salmonella, it's there. So you always have to take care. Uh, but when it comes down to just plating your food as well it's not only the cooking it is really the plating how you're going to present that beautiful food that you cooked Uh, so you can follow all the hassle but when you do the last bit um, everyone only uh, yeah everyone thinks that you're eating with your mouth it's actually you eat with your eyes and then your nose, then your mouth. Also, so. some people eat with Instagram. So th- I think social media has probably played a bit of a role exactly. in terms of how chefs think about presentation of food. Absolutely. Because chances are someone's going to be taking a photo of that table. That's it. That's it. Is that, is that introduced as a concept to the chefs coming through? Yes. Uh, you <laughs> always want to go and see what is out there. Mm-hmm. And so you can uh, duplicate it if you want to or put your own twist on it why not I love that your career has brought you to here that you're you want to be sharing and I think it actually shows that you can have a have a career you can come somewhere like ICCA and learn the skills but you don't necessarily need to be in that kitchen you could go on to do anything you could be consulting you could start a product line you could you know there's there's so much we know kind of wealth of of range out there when you think about the kind of the current students are they all kind of I want my own restaurant this is going to be or have you got some other different stories in there oh no Um, there are some of them that has been in a restaurant before um, and then there's some they just want to come and uh, get that extra oomph Mm -hmm. for their career but then also there is some that has their own restaurants and they want to come and see hey how do I really need to do it you know um, and then there is some that has never touched a knife before and not seen a uh, lettuce before or know a name of the lettuce. And that is so special um, because uh, just to see that innocence and then you build them into or you give them all that information and they walk out of ICCA like a professional chef and that, they can start. That must start be incredible to see that, that sense of discovery. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, a message we've just had in saying well, what's the average age of a student here? Is there an average age no. or an average background or story? Uh, no, it's everyone has uh, everyone, okay, like uh, Ratatouille, I've, uh, you know the Ratatouille movie. Uh, so everyone can cook. It's just about how much passion you want to put into it. And uh, if you want to make it your own, 
that is it. It's funny, you sat down, you're going, this isn't what I do, I cook, I don't talk. And I'm like, well, I talk, I don't cook. I love food, but I get a huge amount of kind of kitchen anxiety. We've got people coming over on Saturday night, and I'm like, well, we're, get it, we're getting Lebanese takeout because the thought of cooking for eight people makes me feel nauseous. I, and I think a lot of it is practice, I would imagine. What would you say to anyone who kind of thinks that cooking is for other people? Well, try it. Try it. What, what? What's the worst that can yeah. happen? I lose What's eight friends word? in one night? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sure that... No, but make, keep it simple. I mean, if, you've, if you're not used to cooking, um, pasta is easy. Sauce, you put the two together. Why not make a nice... Uh, buy some uh, bread dough and make your own bread. Why not? Okay, yeah. Michelle, Saturday night, you're coming to mine. I'm going to hide <laughs> you in the kitchen. Absolutely. <laughs> Michelle's Trudeau with us this afternoon. She is here as a chef instructor on hand with Chef Urush as we make summer. A Balkan special telling you more about that dish and what's on the menu at 21 Grams very, very soon. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. I'm Helen Farmer with you until five o'clock and delighted to be joined by Sasha Tonchev. She is here. Her job title is Chief Soul Kitchen Officer at 21 Grams. To you and me, I guess, Sasha, your founder, creative partner. What does that job title mean? Well, this job title is actually not a job title, not for me. It's more of responsibility, right? And um, I'm, what I'm trying to do and to say with the title that my responsibility is to feed other people's souls. Now, yeah. they've all got unusual job titles at 21 Grams. <laughs> yes, Chef Orish, who's here with us this afternoon teaching everyone how to cook, what title does he go by? Uh, we have other titles, like First Impression Officer. We have Urush Balkan Bedouin. We have... The uh, Balkan Bedouin. Uh, exactly. <laughs> He's sous chef. Our sous chef, he is the culinary art ninja. <laughs> Yes, so we have plenty of these creative titles. For anyone that hasn't been to 21... Actually, before we go to that, what, do, what is the significance of 21 grams as, as, a, as a name? Where did that come from? What's the philosophy behind it? It's actually a theory. There's a theory that human soul weighs 21 grams. And as I mentioned, we are trying to feed people's souls. We are all about soul food, uh, making a difference in this world by feeding one soul at a time. I just got goosebumps. So, yes, but do you know about that theory? Never Have you heard, heard that before. It's, well, now it's more of the urban myth, right? Uh, but 100 years ago, there is a scientist who measured the um, weight of people immediately before, before and after, after death. death. <gasps> exactly. And in several cases, um, all the bodies, they lost exactly 21 grams. So he assumed that this is the weight of human soul departing the body. That's kind of beautiful, I yes. have to say. Um, for anyone that hasn't been to 21 grams... Shame on them. I know. How do you describe it? To someone, if you've just landed in Dubai and people start rounding up some of their favourites, how would you explain what it is? Well, officially, that's an urban Balkan bistro. It's a place where we make and serve... Um, dishes inspired uh, from our traditional family recipes from the Balkans uh, that we wrap it up you know with the genuine hospitality but unofficially I would say this is the place where we make where we try to make people good feeling good at our table over our food and overall showcasing the infamous 
Balkan hospitality. And there aren't many people doing this in Dubai, so there's a lot of responsibility on your shoulders. In just a few minutes, we're going to be talking about some of the news that you've got to share around 21 Grams. It's going to be a very big couple of weeks. So food fans, if you're looking for somewhere new to go the next few weeks, you are in the right place. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. We are talking food this afternoon. I couldn't be happier because it smells absolutely unbelievable here at ICCA. I wish, I wish your radio had smell-o-vision one day in the future. Um, <laughs> it will. And the man responsible for the incredible smells coming out is Chef Urish. He is, he's the, he is the man at 21 Grams, the Urban Balkan Bistro. And speaking now to Stasha Tonshev, she is the chief sole kitchen officer, uh, the founder, the woman behind the idea. And uh, I'm, really, I'm really thrilled for you, to be honest, because what's kind of started is quite a kind of quiet cuisine in the UAE and quite underrepresented as really gained popularity and it's become a real favorite with so many people and you've got some exciting news you're changing location you're going from 25 seats to how many in the new location we're going to 80 seats yes so the space itself is three three and a half times bigger than (gasps) where we started from uh we are getting plenty of seats plenty of lights Outdoor seating, the beautiful rooftop terrace, plenty of parking as well. Excellent. And very convenient location. We are staying within neighborhood. I was say, you're just going over the road, really. Exactly. Two minutes away. So from Jumira Beach Road, we are going down to Altanya Street to the newly opened Mayan Mall. Huge congratulations. So a new Thank location you. and a new addition as well. We were just saying it's Chef's 30th birthday in a few days and he's celebrating by opening at the Time Out Dubai market. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, we, this is honestly the most exciting times uh, at 21 Grams. Uh, what we plan to you, you, we plan to open this flagship location in November, but it happens that we are actually opening two of them. <laughs> Can't be more happy than that. Uh, we started, so in September we were a team of 10 people. A uh, month ag- ago we are, we've been already a team of 20 and we are looking to be a team of 30 people by the end of November. Wow. So that's... Uh, it's, it's wonderful to hear about the appetite, excuse the expression, for this cuisine and the recognition you know, that Sandy and the team have, have given you by offering you that spot at Time Out Market is it's just amazing. You've got some brilliant neighbours. There's nothing similar. It's going to be a wonderful compliment to some of the outlets there as well. How are you going to decide what goes on the menu from the original outlet? How is the offering going to be different or is it going to be a mini version? That was quite easy. We are coming with the concept of Balkan Bakery and Deli. Oh, yum. So we are coming with our infamous filo pies, burek, right? But as well with a great selection of our all-day breakfast with our deli. Uh, we're going to have an amazing, delicious cold-cut platter that we're going to be amazing um, option for everyone coming uh, during the evening, considering that the timeout market is a licensed venue. Perfect. So. Uh, well, Joe's just messaged on 400 saying, we enjoyed a delicious iftar at 21 Grams two years ago, which features some of their popular dishes. Excited to hear they're expanding. Um, so 
let's go back to breakfast though because mm -hmm. you are famed for a couple oh, of dishes are. on the breakfast menu mm -hmm. what do you think are some of the big hitters that people need to try complete egg definitely tell the, us what that uh, is complete egg is everyone's favorite it's actually a, tradi a traditional serbian dish usually served in the mountains like during the winter but here we managed to make it super popular in the, even in the sunny dubai um it's made of uh, it's basically a sunny side up egg uh, baked in our homemade bread with sour cream, cheese and beef jus Ooh. and people love adding either the beef sausages, beef chorizo sausages or the seared foie gras. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Serbia, Serbia meets Dubai. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Yes. Um, and in terms of the evening offering, is there anything that you feel is your foodie philosophy on a plate? People come and they will understand what 21 grams is all about. Uh, when it comes to the evening offering, we always suggest people to start with the meze. The meze are coming in the small plates, and it's always a great way to explore any kitchen, honestly, because you can get a taste of different, um, different food. In the, um, but as well, uh, you know, Balkan cuisine is very hard to be defined with by one mm. or two things. It's a vast kitchen. It's the vast region as well. It's the entire Southeast Europe. Everything from Greece, Turkey to Serbia, Croatia, Montenegro, 11 countries, right? We, we have seas, lakes, mountains, valleys. We eat meat, fish, vegetables. Like, there is so many things included in the cuisine that... And so much to explore as well. So you're saying so we need to come and eat the whole menu and come back again and exactly. again? Exactly. Okay. You need to come for a <laughs> breakfast, lunch, dinner, and and, and, then the, and the new time out as well. Exactly. Well, I have to say, the salma that Chef is making smells unbelievable. We're going to be catching it with our Master Chef participants really soon. Getting some tips from him on that fermented cabbage, the polenta, the minced beef, um, beautiful products um, provided by Spinney's this afternoon. Welcome back to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinney's. Eat well, live well. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. We're joined by Chef Urish here, joining us from 21 Grams, the Urban Balkan Bistro. If I was going to give you 500 dirhams now to go to Spinney's and buy whatever you want, what would you get? Oh, candy for sure. <laughs> when you should say that, it's Halloween. We've got some, some kids trick-or-treating. It, it adds up. I was putting it in my... What's your favourite candy? Oh, I can't say. No. I'm a chef. I can't say. Oh, I love that you've got a sweet tooth, though. Um, chef, it smells absolutely amazing here at ICCA it really really does um before we catch up with you and our masterclass participants we've had so many messages lots of very good slash terrible halloween jokes my favorite are like the really really bad ones but there's no name on this one it's a cracker why did the vampire get fired from the blood bank caught drinking on the job <laughs> oh <laughs> jenny's saying why didn't the skeleton like halloween treats he didn't have the stomach for it chef serious question what smells so good? What can I smell? Because I've got a genuine mouth-watering situation going on here. Uh, it's uh, the biggest combination and the best combination in all culinary, garlic and bacon. <laughs> you can't go wrong with that. Now, I've had a little sneak peek. You've already prepared one of your summer. I was expecting, I was expecting it to be smaller. I was expecting it to be more like a kind of, not maybe thumb size, but kind of smaller like a vine leaf. It's almost the size of a fist, right? Yeah, usually uh, dolmas are small because of the vine leaves, they're smaller. But so, uh, cabbage leaves are much bigger. So you need a more stuffing inside and it needs to be rich. It's always for uh, f full, full stomach and to not eat anything else after that. 
Okay, that's my plan for this evening then. Let me tell you, I'm going to be having this for my tea, an early tea at five o'clock. Um, tell us a little bit about um, the polenta, because I've got to be honest, I've never had, like, I've never loved it really. What, what is it exactly, and what are your tips for making it really tasty? So people don't like polenta because... Uh, it's boring. It, it's boring, yeah. It's like a corn flour, yeah. it's sort of a healthy style, but polenta, if mixed together with some buttermilk and kachkoval cheese, it gives you... <laughs> such a chef's trick. Just add loads of butter, Helen, that's why you're not liking it. Pretty much. Cream? Cream and... <laughs> Not so much in polenta. It, it has a very nice texture, and it's a very interesting. Uh, it's interesting thing to eat. Uh, even if you grill it, it has much more caramelization and has more um, more structure to it. Mm -hmm. So it's crunchy. It's uh, it's uh, creamy, and it has like that funky flavor for from kachkaval. So it can be a really exciting dish. It was one of the most exciting in our previous menus last year, which is just as a just a side dish. So yeah, it can be surprising. Now it's going to be going in with some minced beef inside those um, cabbage leaves. Um, the mince we're using today is, of course, from Spinney's, and they obviously work very, very closely with their suppliers all over the world. When you're looking to buy minced beef to use in summer, you're looking for high fat content. You're looking for the leaner. What do you think? A bit higher on a, on a fat. That's all the flavors that we're getting actually. And after it, uh, after it bakes and it slow bakes actually, that fat is uh, the releaser of all the flavors. So we're trying to capture all of that by adding more rice and vegetables in that mixture. Mm -hmm. So all of the flavors are kept inside. So yeah, fat really helps in that. Tell us a, bit, a little bit about the menu that you're planning for the time out market. Because I know there's going to be a few more baked goods on the menu. What are some of the kind of patisserie, deli, baked items that you grew up eating? And how are you going to translate them to modern day Dubai? So what we actually do in Serbia is that we have loads of burek in our breakfast. What we wanted to uh, show at Time Out Market is exactly that. So give all kinds of bureks and all kinds of filo pies uh, at our menu and accompanying them with very traditional uh, dips that can go very well with that and that can add a bit more modern excitement to the dish. Okay, one of my, I used to joke when I was in my 20s that when I got married, all I would have at my wedding was like crisps and dips. I love dips. I just, I'm obsessed. What kind of dips are you talking about? So Ivar is like a red pepper relish. Ooh. And then we have Urnebus, which is a spicy chili cheese. Then we have a standard tzatziki. Everybody likes, likes that. We have our white bean hummus, our green pea hummus, our carrot hummus with sweet potatoes. So it's a very traditional stuff with a modern twist and ingredients. I love the sound of this, Chef. I really, really do. You've worked all over the world. Obviously, you're native Serbia. You've been in the States for a while. You're now here in Dubai. Um, are you one of the chefs who travels to eat? You plan your destinations based on what you're going to be experiencing. Oh, yeah, definitely, especially the street food. Even now in Zanzibar, I was eating only, only on the streets. And pretty much Dubai is the best place in the world for that. You have so many cuisines. I think every single cuisine in the world is here. And you have from fine dining to street, street food. So it's, it's, it's great. Tell us about some of your favorite kind of street eats that you found in Dubai. What do you like eating here? Street eats. I love, I always say I love streetery. Streetery in GLT is one of the best places. You have like eight outlets from around the world, Korea, China, Japan, 
that are just in one place and you mm -hmm. can have a whole Pacific on a plate, on a <laughs> table, literally. <laughs> so that's uh, one of the best. And yeah, occasional shawarma in Kunafa or Damas. <sighs> we need to do a show on shawarma. <laughs> Honestly, we do. Because everyone in Dubai has, has their favorite. And for me, it tends to be where you went to first. So when uh, my first kind of late night shawarma experience was like the 3 a.m. Al Malar, what was Diapa Street is now 2nd December Street. And that kind of set the standard for me. And it was that and halloumi. And I was like, well, I'm in the, I'm in the best country in the world. This is, this is where I'm going to stay forever. Um, or Sidra on the other side of the road. So I think we need to be celebrating the shawarma on a, on a future show. But today it's about Serbia. Um, what do you think are some of the big myths and misconceptions? What are you trying to educate people around when it comes to Balkan food? Well, we're trying just to elevate it in some sense. Uh, a lot of people uh, think that Balkan cuisine is not worthy of the the world to know about it. It's not worthy for restaurant uh, industry, but we think that just the recipes that were made by our grandmothers and the lunches and dinners we had on Sundays at their house is m more than important to translate into this industry and to elevate hospitality in our way. And what you've seen is a huge number of people from that region obviously coming to Twine Your Own Grounds and being like, oh my goodness, you're making you know, the food that I grew up with. But also people from all over the world, as you say, discovering and connecting with a cuisine they've never tried before. Have you been? Let us know. We're going to be catching up with one of our Masterclass participants. Um, I'm going to let you get back to them, Chef. They, they're Thank doing you. a great job, I have to say. What's, what, Looks like it. Yeah, <laughs> smells like smells it. Smells like it. Definitely. Smells amazing. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. We are here broadcasting live from ICCA. Farmer's Kitchen brought to you by Spinneys and we've got Chef Oris making salma. It is a traditional Serbian dish. It smells amazing. Olga is one of our participants here who's uh, been learning the tricks of the trade. Where are you from, Olga? Originally, I'm from uh, Belarus. First of all, hi, hi. <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> um, I'm originally from Belarus, but living, uh, lived 10 years in Poland and now already 11 years in Dubai. Well, <laughs> lovely to have you with us this afternoon. Have you ever had Sama before? Actually, it's a very similar dish which we have in Slavonic cuisine. Uh, I think that many countries in uh, Central Europe have similar. Mm -hmm. The only difference that we don't use uh, uh, fermented cabbage. I love the sound of the fermented cabbage because we all, apparently we should all be having more of it. Uh, yes, yes. Good, yes. good for the gut health. Um, and do you cook much at home normally? I think a lot. You? <laughs> yes, yes. I think that um, most of my friends, they said that I pamper my family with oh, my so fantastic food let's yeah. say the truth <laughs> what, are you, what are some of your favorite things to cook i love cooking breakfast mm. and really i i think that breakfast is the most important food during the day i get left to my own device that i have breakfast food for breakfast lunch and dinner i think breakfast for dinner is like the biggest treat for yeah. me yeah. it's amazing you know how we say in our culture we say uh, eat breakfast yourself share lunch with a friend and give the dinner to the enemy. Ooh, so <laughs> breakfast is the most important meal the of most, the day. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So what have you learned so far? As you said, with cooking with these fermented cabbage leaves, are they easy to work with? Uh, I think it needs practice because it seems, you know, all simple stuff looks simple, mm -hmm. but they're not. <laughs> That's why Chef's here to help us. Yeah, because it's a lot of tricks and you just need to... Uh, 
feel it. I'll have it in the fingers. It's all in the fingers. So in, in there, we've got some amazing uh, flavours. We've got the garlic, of course. We've got some bacon. We've got uh, beef and polenta. Um, and I think what's so lovely about these masterclasses and the show in general is that we might see a jar of fermented cabbage leaves on the shelves at Spinney's and go, what on earth do I do with them? Would you be inclined to pick them up and have an experiment next time? For sure. I'm the one who, is, who loves experimenting. Experimenting cooking lover <laughs> well you are the perfect person to be here for oh, today sure. Olga I'm going to let you get back to the kitchen I don't want you to miss anything yeah. thank but, you very much but if you would like to be on an upcoming show and, and learn some of the tips of the, of the trade from some of the best chefs in Dubai then stay tuned to Farmer's Kitchen we have got live broadcasts from ICCA between now and January and we're broadcasting live of course every single Thursday afternoon talking the latest food news you're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. We are broadcasting live from ICCA. I'm Helen Farmer with you for Farmer's Kitchen. And speaking about the latest foodie news now by someone who's truly in the know. Nisha Ramasetti is here, the co-founder of Naksha Collections, um, who have come through the Spinneys Incubator Program and you can now find on the shelves of your local Spinneys. It's so nice to have you with us, Nisha. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Helen. Thank you for having me again. We're, I would love you to, to kind of lift the lid a little bit about what you were doing before launching Naxima and also what that incubator program was like. Because I kind of think about it and go, oh, it's going to be like Dragon's Den. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think one of the things I'd like to start saying is I'm not from the food and beverage sector at all. I'm just very, very passionate about it. So that's an interesting kind of just a keynote to note that you don't actually have to be from the sector to, to get into the incubator program. Um, so I was in the corporate world, um, so I worked with a government entity previously for several years um, as a director um, and during lockdown my partner and I just had a really good idea and it just, we chanced upon uh, the Spinney's, well we heard Tom Harvey on the radio. Um, oh I love it's come full circle <laughs> and now you're on the radio talking yeah. about it. We, I mean we heard, I think it was Richard Dean actually. Yeah, uh, I think he came on to announce it on Business Breakfast. Yeah, he came on to announce on Business Breakfast and I was on my way to Spinney's to go pick something up um, and I was like, okay, well, we've got an idea. Why not submit it and see what happens? Um, and we did. We um, put a business plan together. Um, so my, my co-founder comes from kind of the PR communications world. So we uh, put a great business plan together. We submitted it. Um, and then um, basically it takes a few weeks and they get back to you about shortlists and so on. Um, so we got shortlisted and we were amazed. And then you go back for a pitch. Um, and... I will not say the pitch was as scary as a dragon's den, but you do. Everyone at Spinney's is very nice. <laughs> They're so nice. Say. They're all lovely. So it was not. It was definitely not as scary as a dragon's den, but they ask you, of course, a lot of detailed questions. And the right questions to be asking. If, you Absolutely. Know, effectively using up some shelf space on an unknown quantity. Absolutely. Which you are now on the shelves. We're for anyone shelves. who has not seen Naksha, how can you explain what it is? and what to look for. I mean, the packaging is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, so I would say in summary, we create gourmet recipe kits. So we allow people to cook dishes, cuisines, and now um, baked goods that they wouldn't normally have access to or think of cooking or just can't be bothered to do. Um, and it all comes in a beautifully packaged kit um, with hand-drawn art by local artists from those countries. Um, the sense of place and like origin stories is really important to us. So we talk a lot about the history of those dishes and we choose dishes from different countries around the world. And you basically pick up a kit. Um, there's a couple of fresh ingredients you might need to supplement it and you can whip up a meal 
from the Maldives or Sri Lanka or Lebanon or Kenya. Um, okay, make us hungry. <laughs> I'm already hungry smelling everything that's cooking here. Tell us about some of the kits and which ones have been the most popular. Um, actually, we just launched a new collection a few days ago. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And um, that's actually, uh, they're, they're a gourmet baking kit range. So there's three kits. Um, we have Sticky toffee uh, pudding with Emirati dates. Sold. <laughs> that sounds amazing. With a coconut date caramel. It's, it's so, it's, so it's healthy if there's coconuts. It's, it's, it's this, <laughs> this one's actually gluten-free and vegan, but look, I'm not gluten-free or vegan, and this is one of my favorites. Um, that sounds amazing. So good. using local dates? Using local dates. Uh, we work as much as possible with the local supply chain. Um, then the second one is a dark chocolate fondant with Turkish coffee um, oh. and cocoa cardamom dust. Um, and then the last one is the milk chocolate blondies with Lebanese tahini. Oh my goodness, <laughs> you're killing me. Are these in store now? They are in store now. Um, we've actually collaborated with uh, Lydia Abugazale from Lydia's Kitchen. Um, and she's a wonderful uh, chef and she specializes in dessert. So we she collaborated does, with her. Her brownies so are mind-blowing. So, so we can have a taste of... Yeah. of uh, Okay, I where I'm <laughs> going on my way home tonight. <laughs> Nisha's with us, co-founder of Naksha. We're talking about the latest food news. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. I'm Helen Farmer. We are here at ICCA for Farmer's Kitchen. Chef Urish is finishing up, doing some plating with our master chef participants. There's going to be some tasting very soon. Smells absolutely incredible here. As I said, if you want to join us for another Farmer's Kitchen, just stay tuned to Dubai. I will tell you how to, how to come along and see what happens behind the scenes and, and learn some tips of the trade as well. Talking food news this afternoon. Delighted to be joined in the studio here at ICCA by the co-founder of Nasha, which is on shelves now. You can find Nasha's uh, deals, uh, deals, uh, recipe kits, and also recently launched bakery section as well. I am desperate to, to give sticky toffee pudding with local dates. Yes. Mm. Nisha, getting me in trouble here. I'm supposed to be trying to watch myself after getting back from, <laughs> from my travels. I'm supposed to be on a health kick, and you're not helping. Um, you have you been to Expo 2020 yet? Absolutely love it. I. I was so sad. Every, I was there every, every Wednesday. We broadcast from there every Wednesday. And I picked up a map yesterday and gave it to my girls. And all the way to school, they were going, I want to go here, I want to go here. And I'm going, we're eating this, and then yeah. we're going to go here to eat there, and then we're going to go and eat this. So you're obviously a foodie. Um, tell us about some of your culinary highlights so far. So I think we can't start without talking about the African Food Pavilion. Now, go over to the Dubai Eye social media feed. You can see on our reels, I went last week and had goat ribs for my lunch, as oh, you do. I saw that. I didn't try it, oh. but I saw that. Had jerk chicken and then the, the goat ribs, and then we had um, a Congo bar. Oh. So what did you eat and how was it? So I had, we had, um, we started with cocktails actually upstairs. Lovely. Which was lovely. I had uh, one with sugar cane and rum. Absolutely beautiful. Um, we, then we went downstairs and then we had um, a beautiful rice dish and um, duck. Ooh, was that from the jerk chicken stand? You could do chicken or duck, I think. No, that was that was another one. There was oh, another so I have to go back. You have to go back. You have to go back. I mean, I was I was just absolutely amazed, and I love that they've introduced kind of an upper deck and a lower deck, and you can sit outside and inside. Yeah. It's it's stunning. So in one building, you've got eleven different concepts and yeah. some really big name chefs actually as well. Absolutely, I highly recommend it. I 
I loved it. Yeah. Really, really loved it. You're really right next it. to the water feature. You can overlook the Jubilee Park um, where the concerts are going to be, yeah. where River Dance is going to be. So you can have a bit of African Irish dancing. Yeah. <laughs> speaking fusion. of fusion. And what I think is interesting about Expo in terms of the food, it's like it, price points really vary. So the meal I had, I think, was about 80 dirhams. So not not cheap but it was big enough to absolutely share for lunch and then you can go all over the expo site and some things are free yeah so, um but there's also kind of more the street eats you, you know grab some samosas from the aleph cafe mm -hmm. what else did you try so i mean i actually just going back to the price point i i thought they did they've done a fantastic job i mean not no none of the residents we actually knew really what to expect not right? at all and i certainly wasn't thinking food was going to no. be so central to the experience and I, I was just saying i mean this is a great evening out just Definitely. to kind of explore and have food and have a bite you know have a bite have a drink walk around with friends just fantastic um so one of the uh, one of the other kind of food foodie zones that we tried out was the rising flavors. I, was, I cycled past it yesterday. Yeah. Oh, did you cycle? I really I saw the cycles and I <laughs> want to try them. Yeah, and that's the other thing. My kids go, can we go? Can we go on the back of your bike? <laughs> that sounds like an accident <laughs> waiting to happen. Um, so I cycled past it because our very own Hatamata yes. is, is there. My husband's doing the smoke school with him with spinnies. Oh, this weekend. Yeah, oh, on Saturday. Fun. That's what was birthday present. Um, and I didn't get the chance to have a look in, but it sounds like they've done a really good job in terms of handpicking some great representation. A, a beautiful job. So um, I was actually going to mention Hatim's, Hatim's brisket mundis there, um, which is absolutely delicious. And then there's a Bahraini restauranter, Roya Saleh, um, and we tried the vine leaves with a creamy tamarind sauce. Absolutely brilliant. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. We're broadcasting live from ICCA. It's Farmer's Kitchen. I'm Helen Farmer with you live until five o'clock. And it is your last chance to send me your spooky jokes, your Halloween howlers. Uh, extra points for being food-based. We've had some last-minute entries. Seema asking, what do skeletons serve at dinner parties? Spare ribs. And uh, thank you, Simi, saying I've won first place in a Halloween costume competition 16 years in a row. This year I'm a hot dog. I'm on a roll. <laughs> Very good indeed. Joining us, we have Nisha with us. She's the co-founder of Naksha, which you can find on the shelves at Spinney's. Um, Nisha, if you were going to win that 500 dirhams to spend in your local Spinney's, what would you spend it on? Cheese. That's what I always say. <laughs> Cheese and cherries. And maybe some, and maybe Cheese some, and cherries Maybe some idea. flowers for myself as well. I like that. It's a great trio. No one's buying them for me, Nick Farmer, <laughs> <coughs> out there. Um, you've had, you um, are super creative when it comes to putting together your recipe kits. And I've seen you've had all sorts of fresh ingredients from the fish counter at Spinney's, you know, white fish, but also fruit. We've actually cooked with jackfruit here on the show uh, with, uh, with a, kind of vegan, a nice vegan, uh, vegan shawarma, actually. Yeah. Um, there is, interestingly, in the headlines quite a lot going around right now about how we globally um, certainly out of the UK where the numbers are coming from we're eating a lot less meat um, I'm a pretty dedicated carnivore to be honest Nisha you are too um, but what 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 are the numbers saying and why do you think that could be so um I mean, with COP26 coming up, mm. I think the conversation is just more and more relevant. We're hearing a lot about um, the food industry's effects on CO2 emissions and so on. And um, one thing that really surprised me was that the food industry, end-to-end, -end, so farm-to-table, um, is responsible for about 35% of global carbon dioxide emissions. That's 
huge. It's huge. We think about environment, we kind of start thinking about, you know, your fossil fuels mm -hmm. and you know, that's incredible. Interestingly, I um, was at Expo over the weekend and was at the Australian Pavilion. They were having a discussion with the UN World Food Programme talking about food wastage and there are, it's really interesting to think about where the food wastage happens because yeah. in developing countries around a third of it is in the production it's about inefficiency yeah. of growing of storing of transporting it but come developed countries the waste is at the end it's us yeah. as the consumers 40 percent of food going to waste and i don't think i was the only person in that room doing a bit of a mental audit about what was in my fridge what i'd thrown out over the last week i don't know if i'd be at 40 percent but i think i definitely need to do some better planning yeah no absolutely I think um, you know when we all introspect and look at how uh, how we consume food um, you realize that there's a lot of things we can do as individuals mm -hmm. and I think that's where the whole people eating less meat um, conversation is starting as well and as you said earlier on both of us are meat eaters I really enjoy meat uh, but I also enjoy vegetarian food I do too and it's not about all or nothing exactly it's sometimes because the case of making some swaps here and there being a bit more creative yeah. um, and I'd also say not just um, buying less but when we go out ordering less what well, I think one big positive come out of the pandemic was fewer buffets yeah and portion I, control as well big big time big time um, obviously the the end of buffets you know most of them are back on was to do with food safety food security a round of applause for our, our, uh, our chefs you can hear in the background there they're, they're plating up their dishes um, but also we you know we would think about iftars Friday brunches mm -hmm. the food waste there is pretty stomach turning it has to be said so if this you know, pandemic has allowed us to press pause and have a bit of a rethink. Um, and also we're seeing a rethink all the way back to production as well. And um, one of the stories you sent over, which I thought was fascinating, was about big food companies adding carbon labels to food packaging. And we're used to obviously checking labels for ingredients, mm -hmm. for allergens, for calories. Um, but this is really looking at the social implications. People are asking more questions about where their food is coming from, yeah. how far it's travelled, and, and what that means for our for our planet. Yeah, absolutely. I think what the the just it's, it's become a huge mind shift in how people relate and people's relationship with food. Um, so it's not just about how food tastes or just how healthy it is, but it's also the origin of it. Where is our food coming from? Is it from the local supply chain, or if it's international, is it sustainable? How is it being transported? What's the it, what kind of people are actually behind the food um, and this particular news piece was quite interesting because 27 companies um, including huge companies like Nestle and Pepsi uh, they're backing a project that actually calculates any product well their products environmental impact from farm to store and they grade it according to color on a label so at like at the back like you have you have NutriFacts mm -hmm. you can see how environmentally friendly your product is from the point that it's being produced from the actual uh, production to the manufacturing to the transport and then in store till it reaches your shelf and then it's down to us I think you know we, we people often say oh you know me and me and my shopping can't make a difference but there's that old quote, isn't it? You know, if you think you're too small to make a difference, think of a mosquito. You know, that we've all got a kind of a role to play. Yeah, yeah. And I think we can all probably, we could all probably do a bit better. And I 100% include myself in that. 100%. Just need to get past the over-ordering of candy I did for Halloween. <laughs> That's a problem for future Helen. Um, thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. I really, really thank appreciate you, it. Really As I said, you it. are in store with your recipe kits and now the new baked goods as well so people can do a bit of home bakery yeah. with a bit of a local twist if people want to find out more about what you're all about what's the best way of checking you out on social um, media or online yeah social media we're at naksha collections on social media and our website is 
www.nakshacollections.com. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. Don't forget, you can tune in live to Farmer's Kitchen every single Thursday afternoon on Dubai Eye 103.8 between 2 and 5 p.m.